Welcome back to the Rugby Connection podcast, as always, for the fans, by the fans. What a weekend of rugby we have had. But before we get onto that, as always, I'm joined by Murray, the dynamic duo back to cover the week's rugby. Murray, how are you keeping? I'm good. Yeah, it was entertaining. Very entertaining. So, yeah, let's not waste any more time. How are you anyway? I'm I'm doing well. I'm a bit tired. I had a few too many drinks last night and I was in work today. So uh, a work hangover is always fun. Um, shall we jump straight into the finals? Because I think that's what everybody wants to talk yeah. about. We had two finals, two of the biggest competitions in the world. The URC and the Premiership final took place this weekend, uh, both on Saturday. We'll start with the Prem because this was uh, a hell of a clash. Saracens versus Sail Sharks. It ends 35-25 to the Saracens. The Saris lift the Premiership trophy for their fourth star? Six. Sixth star. Sorry, I'm thinking of a... Stars are for Europe. That's it, yeah. Their sixth Premiership title. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, Sale not lifting the trophy since 2006. It's the first uh, final since 2006 as well. Their bro. first final, though. It was, it was a really good game up until, I'd say... Probably 60th minute. That's, yeah. Then yeah. I think the Saris just started to... Just One thing I want to say before we get on, <laughs> having a player like Elliot Daly to come off the bench is absolutely key, I think, for Saracen's victory for there. Because he gets how many... He gets, he gets a try? He scored a try. He did score a try. And his impact off the bench, and he came on earlier than expected, Mm -hmm. impact off the bench, second to none. I think just having that a player with that experience uh, with the club and internationally, obviously he works brilliantly with Owen Farrell, who absolutely ran the show. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Big, big. Shall we talk about the other, address the big issue that happened in the first half? Yes, I think we should because it's something that annoyed me. Just stop oil protesters round the pitch. Oil protesters. And this isn't the first sporting event they've hit. They've hit the snooker with their orange powder. I think yeah. a couple of football games and now the Premiership final. Listen, whether you agree with their message or not, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a message that I suppose, you know, you could argue needs to be listened to. There's ways to do it, though. So, there's ways to do it. Please don't bring it into sport. Oh, can, we pra- can we praise Tom Curry for absolutely... Tom Curry just holding the man by the legs and just drag him off the pitch. And Come also on. the security staff are putting in possibly the tackle of the game. Oh, it was clean. Just nice and low. Get, get him a contract. Sign him up. Sign the ball. Thing is, right, the bit that confused me when it first happened there was a player, I don't remember who it was, because obviously other stuff took over, was legitimately down and right through the premiership season, medic 
cops wear orange vests. Yeah. Well, they wore bright orange t-shirts, so they ran on. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then, boom. And I'm like, oh, no. Fuck, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I got dealt with swiftly and luckily, yeah, luckily it didn't ruin the game. It it, it was sort of it was in a I think it was in a stoppage. So if you're gonna run onto if you're gonna run onto the pitch, you know, at least run onto it in a stoppage. Don't run onto the pitch. I'm not condoning it in any way, but uh, we've seen it in the past. I think uh, a couple of years ago, I was actually at the game Wales versus uh, Springboks in Cardiff when someone Mm -hmm. ran. Onto the the pitch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, someone ran onto the pitch as Josh Adams was running down the wing for the try, and um, Wales ultimately didn't score that try. So, yeah. But we'll just talk about the foot because obviously the big talking point going into this game was the uh, the Farrell Ford um, contest that would be going on. Obviously, play- two players who have played with each other since their school days. Yep. Um, you know, through. Uh, club careers, international careers. They know each other very well. And at the start of the game, we're very tit for tat. Uh, you know, Farrell puts over a penalty, Ford puts over a penalty, Farrell puts over a penalty, Ford puts over a penalty. A bit of a, a bit of a turning point there was probably the uh, Tom Curry yellow card, which uh, came off the back so of a penalty stupid. try. Very stupid. Um, obviously, we saw it in the La Rochelle game as well, um, sort of, Big, big game fever, I think I'm going to start calling it. Um, obviously, you don't want to concede, but tackling a player off the ball. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, Max Mellons was probably going to score that try, and how he was fantastic the whole final. He was but very, very good, yeah. He was nowhere near the ball, and Tom Curry went, bang, sit down. Yeah. Like, in front of Luke Pierce as well. Was, right in front. At the end of the day, like you, you've, got to, you've got to think about it like... Yes, you, you would have conceded the try anyway, but it could have just been a five-pointer. You know, yeah. you're putting yourself in a position where it's a clear-as-day penalty try. It, you know, if you're wondering what a penalty try looks like, that's probably the clearest one you're going to get. Uh, and you've, you've just taken the, taken the, you know, 50-50 of whether the kick's going to go over. Two points, you know, obviously it wouldn't have changed the outcome of this game, but going on to the game, you know, anything can happen but yeah stupid and then obviously sailed down um with a player for the next seven minutes doesn't doesn't really affect anything because they actually go over with a try um Aka van der Merwe, um who can I just say Aka van der Merwe a fly half oh, putting, that- putting a lovely little kick for the try he done another one as well, but it didn't work as clean. But yeah, was, I, I think he, he he was. It was sort of a, a failed clearance kick, uh, but he did make up for it with a lovely. I don't. The commentators say I don't think he actually meant for it to go there, but it went there and it worked, and they they scored from it. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, Aka van der Merwe goes over for his own try. Ford converts that, but then, like we said, Malins having an absolutely brilliant game. What a try it was from Malins as well. Oh yeah, it's just classic Arsenal. Just absolute class. Um, And at this point, we're looking second half. It's looking like a very tasty fixture. Uh, Only uh, three points in it. Fifteen to the Saris, twelve to Sale. Would you call up Akar van der Merwe for the World Cup as like third choice hooker? No, he's better than Dweba in my eyes. I. 
he's I think he's better technically at set piece like line out throw in whatnot but Dweber just has that physical impact he he does Dweber is a much more physical player Dweber in open play is brilliant yes there's the controversy around his line out throw in and he's got better at it but he's still not 100% um but in the set piece I think Joseph Dweber's you know excellent um you know, absolute massive unit. And at the end of the day, you know, you've got Malcolm Marks, Bongi and Bonambi, two of the best hookers in the world. And then Dweber as that sort of third choice. And then I think if you're going to bring on, you know, any other, um, if you're going to take any other hookers, the World Cup, there's so many choices in uh, the South African franchises, which I think at the moment uh, is something that by the looks of it, the, um Springbok management team are focusing on more, obviously with the URC and whatnot. But um, yeah, we'll get on to it because the, the Springboks have announced uh, their second uh, sort of training camp uh, yes. prior to the World Cup. But um, yeah, and then the game sort of gets messy after second half. Um, Sale go over, score a try, take the lead, happy days. Um, Van der Merwe goes off, Ewan Ashman on, few changes here and there. Ah, um, that's where it went wrong for sale in my eyes. I, I understand what the tag is. Not, not just Van der Merwe, they took off pretty much their whole front row. Yeah, Very I early mean, early Bevan Rod, uh, Ashman, and Oosterhuizen came on. Don't get me wrong, Bevan Rod's try was amazing and it did get sale into the lead, but maybe too early. Like pro, most front rows tend to go 60, 65 60 minutes. You want to see him going 60 <clears> and taking them off 45 minutes into the game. Three changes, 45 minutes into the game. Yeah. A bit early. You want to be like, oh, especially in a early. final. I know sort of the whole concept of a, a bomb squad, obviously popularized by the Springboks and now other teams you've seen in multiple competitions have sort of, sort of taken on that, uh, that idea of having you know, not only just one impact player, but having, uh, making a whole host of changes all at once to make that impact. But it only really works when you're doing it at a stage of the game when the other team are are starting to dip. It's just because, like, Simon McIntyre, was head that started for sale, brilliant. Like, he had the scrum of Saracen's rattled. Sale, sale had Saris at the set piece. And then it just, as soon as he made those subs, it just, yeah. Yeah, but then, you know, like you said, Bevan Rod, really good try. Ford converts that. Owen Farrell gets another penalty. Um, Elliot Daly goes for a long, long shot, misses that. Ford misses the which didn't help. But then he sort of makes up for it 10 minutes later with his own try, which again was a, a pretty peachy try. Um. But then after that, it's just where the game started falling away from sale. They just, they looked yeah, knackered. They did. They looked and, absolutely out of it. And against a, against a team like Saris, who, and I think it, the sort of narrative going into this, this final was both teams are teams that enjoy to physically impose themselves. And it was a big sort of mix-up whether Saris were going to get the upper hand or Sale were going to get the upper hand. First half, Sale second half where it counts, I'd say, where you want to be sort of imposing that physicality. 
Saracens definitely had that. Um, and so, who was it? I, who who kicked the fifty twenty two? One of the loose forwards, one of the Theo Dan. Theo Dan. Two hookers kicking. You know, yeah, obviously the the fifty twenty two didn't result in a try, which was a, a bit of a shame. But um, two hookers, one putting in a chip and chase to result in a try, and the second one kicking maybe one of the best fifty twenty twos I've seen. So clean and not even like under pressure, like properly under pressure again, if he gets it or not. But I'll give him the credit. Um, but but no, it's sort of you you see 73 minutes, Sarri's get a yellow card. You're thinking, okay, maybe you know, we we need to try and a penalty at this point for Sale to go ahead. Seven minutes to play, it's very possible. Mm-hmm. But I think with a player down, Sarri's just went into defensive mode and that's what won them the game at the end of the day. That's all she wrote. Pretty much. Again, it's that, It's just that big game experience, isn't it? Like these guys yeah, have done it. 100%. You know, Sarri's a team who have been there, done that, um, you know, yeah. on the premiership stage and in Europe and Sale obviously not lifting the trophy since 2006, not even making a final since 2006. So... It's yeah. a shame. I really want to see um, Sale win it. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, throughout the season, you wouldn't be able to put too much between these two teams. They've been top of the table consistently yeah. throughout the whole season. I don't think they've moved. Um, but a 10-point final, you know, a few little, uh, a few different circumstances, maybe a yellow card not given or so. You could see this definitely going another way. But um, credit to Saracens. I know you. I know you're not the biggest fan, but at the end of the day, um, they've got a really quality setup, and um, they they've lifted the trophy. So, yeah, well done, Saracens. Well yeah. done, Saracens. I'm gonna clip that. I'm gonna clip that. Put it on TikTok because we'll never hear that again. Mm-hmm. We will never hear that again. Shall we move on? Though, yeah, because this one probably <laughs> went the opposite way to it being expected. Eat your words. Uh, the URC final, the defending champions, the Stormers playing Munster back in Cape Town. And a result that anyone outside of Ireland would not have predicted Munster are the URC well, I predicted champions. That last, I said it last week they were going to do it. I did not buy it, Stormers. You did. And I predicted this wrong. And I think uh, a lot of people predicted this wrong. But you know what? I've got no ill will against Munster because fair play and when you think about it their playoff uh, run was ridiculous away games they've beaten Glasgow away who had hadn't been beaten at home prior in the season they beat Leinster away who hadn't be, been beaten at home prior and then they beat the Stormers away who they did beat back in Cape Town yep. so I think that I think that might have been the key because they know how to play in Cape Town they know how to win I love it but I mean, what went on in this game for the Stormers? I mean, the only shining light of that first half was Manny Lubbock getting a chance interception and and um, scoring a, a a pretty nice try. But other than that, they just looked flat. They just the Stormers just... did not look in the game whatsoever. Baron goes over on the ninth minute for a try, so Munster hit back, and then uh, Kelvin Nash goes over. Nash's try was. Absolutely very beautiful. Good. Very good. Yeah. And you're looking at it second half 
Uh, first half, sorry, we're looking um, 12 points to seven for Munster. Um, Evan Roos's yellow card didn't help, but um, it was a weird one because another another yellow card where there was no points conceded, but I think just the momentum for Munster gave them the confidence to go on through through the rest of the game. Um, again, Jack Crowley was brilliant. So good. Very, very good. Um, you, you can now see... Obviously, Sexton's still the top guy. We'll get on to him later on as well. My yeah. God. Ross Burns, obviously. The second, second, but the, that's what I'm thinking. The second, obviously, Ross Burns got it now, but Joey Carberry's had it in the past. Jack Crowley now is putting his hand up. I don't think Ross Burns got that, got that number two second spot jersey nailed down for the World Cup. Okay. I'm I genuinely not, don't, I'm not, I'm not I, and I can't. I can't see Joey Carberry taking it, but Jack Crowley. Jack Crowley will be in the long. He's cup. putting his hand up for it, isn't he? He's just two games, actually three games. He scored the winning drop goal under pressure against Leinster, and he's now put on a brilliant performance against the Stormers, and he's a URC champion. Johnny Sexton's not a URC champion. Oh, and there's Ross Barn. No, he's not. So, yeah. Sorry for the Leinster fans out there. I that's true. No, I gave I I sympathised with Leinster last week. I'm not doing it anymore. Um, but we go on to the first half because you look at it. Haley gets a, a yellow card on the 47th minute, and then the Stormers go over two minutes later with uh, Dion Fourie. And you're thinking, all right, okay, Stormers have taken the lead now. And this is where you start thinking, okay, Stormers are going to Stormers are gonna start running away. Because Stormers are, the, are a type of team who like to come back in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but no. But no, Hodnett goes over for a try in the 74th minute. Big gap. Big gap and no, uh, no scoring. And at this point, momentum is swinging back and forth, back and forth between the Stormers and Munster. Um a lot of handling errors, a lot of handling errors from both teams. The breakdown was hotly contested. And um, the set piece was an interesting point because I really thought the Stormers were going to run away with it, but the Munster were well, especially in the scrums. Um, mm. Very, very contested in the, in the scrums. Just, yeah. Just to think that Munster lost five of their first seven games this season. It just goes to show. And we said it about Leinster having a brilliant, you know, being the best in the regular season. Uh, if, you, if you make it to the play and Munster made it to the playoffs with the hardest card all away yes. fixtures and they are URC champions they've got Edinburgh to thank this mental run started when they beat Edinburgh just before in December so you're welcome Munster you can't take credit for that I'm sorry Mark, I, I'm just thinking that's all <laughs> that's where they're Munster. away started, so got to take credit somewhere Months ago, Hodnett goes over on the 74th minute and you're thinking, Christ, all right, the Stormers, can they do it? Um, but it's then 78 minutes, two minutes to go, Jack Crowley gets yellow carded and the Stormers right in the 22. You're thinking they've, they, they go, they get a few penalties given their way. I think a few, few lucky penalties as well. Um, the, the ref was giving them the, the benefit of the doubt. But they, the, the, the final mall was what annoyed me the most because they made good ground with it, but then it just started to get messy. And whenever it starts to get messy, get that ball out of there. 
That's get it out. All you're asking for, all you're asking for is either ball ball not being playable, yep, a turnover from Munster, or mm-hmm. uh, a more collapse either from either team, which could either end up in a penalty for Munster or a penalty for the Stormers, and then you just go again and again and again. You start losing momentum. Mm-hmm. The best thing they should have done there, get it out. And they didn't. And Munster win the turnover at the mall and that is done. And we talked about Leinster choking. Stormers. That was a choke. The Stormers choked at the end there. They had so, it in the palm of their hands. They had the benefit of the doubt given to them by the, by the ref. They, they had their opportunity. All they had to do, and they've done it multiple times but this season, all they mm-hmm. had to do was maul it over. And they, Just, they couldn't do it. So, honestly, and... I know I'm a Sharks fan, but I think a lot of the, every South African supporter was was behind the uh, the Stormers to win it again. But Munster, well done, yeah. deserved yeah. winners. I've got no, and to be fair, a lot of Stormers uh, supporters that I've chatted to in the comments and whatnot, a lot of Stormers supporters are just saying, "Listen, credit where credit's due." There yeah. are there's always going to be the people who are like, "Ah, oh, ref was terrible." So many forward passes by Munster. Munster also had two tries disallowed. Yes, it did. So, you know, their dominance on the score sheets probably would have been a bit more. One forward pass from Peter Amani, and then what was it? Was it or was it two forward passes? I think it was a double movement and a forward pass. Yeah. That was it. It was a double movement. You're right. But, um, for for anyone that likes doing a little bet for next season, see if the team going for the, like in the final that's technically a home final, don't bet on them. Don't work. You know, I was actually going to bet on this game um, and I, I wasn't going to bet on the winner because I wasn't uh, betting on a winner is, uh, you know, it's a 50-50 almost, but I was going to bet, but I completely forgot. I was going to bet um, on Libok scoring the first try and Dion Faree scoring in the second half and I forgot, I just didn't. And my God, I should have because it happened and I was so fuming. <laughs> because I'll tell it, I'll tell it, I'll tell you a bit later. It's a, it's a football related story, so we'll talk about it later in the. Oh what? Well, I just it was it was a little uh, big betting win for me. I I I had a bit of a score, but uh, we'll talk about it later. We'll cover the rugby first, but um, yeah, listen for the competition itself. Obviously, bias. I wanted the Stormers to lift it twice. URC to stay in South Africa, but now you know it's nice to see a different team win it. The the South African teams and. The Irish teams, if you're looking at the two seasons so far, probably the two dominant, uh, dominant what uh, shields, I suppose you could say. Take it back. No, I'm joking. It's true. I, I mean, we're in the weirdest shield. You are. It's, it's a weird shield. And I think, to be fair, I, I imagine going for, further into the URC, I imagine there's going to be some sort of restructure. To not- be fair, I, yeah, I don't think next, I feel next year there's not going to be shields or they're not going to mean. So like, it's very weird that I think the, I think the whole I think the whole shield aspect I I like it in a way because it does give teams who maybe don't win silverware the chance to win silverware but like the the Welsh shield yeah like ten play tenth place Ospreys gets Champions Cup I don't think that's fair no. I think that's what top eight should be exactly but um, I mean it's been a brilliant season. It's been a season where we've seen the dominant team get knocked out in the semis. We've seen the South African teams this year. In fact, the South African teams this year, 
started stronger in the season and actually fell off to the end of the season, I'd say, whereas last year they started bad and then put up momentum in the, in the second half. So we haven't had a carbon copy of the URC two seasons in a row. We've had a different champion. We've had different playoff spots. Um, oh, I know we've had different playoff spots. Yeah? I'm not, I'm not bad about that at all. <laughs> Sorry, Edinburgh. Um, but no, and I think going into next season now, and just from a buyer standpoint, from a South African fan, it gives more incentive for the South African teams to step up that one more because we want to bring that, that trophy back to South Africa. And also we want to, especially after the European competition we have, we want to step up to that standard of, of the Champions Cup, that Challenge Cup standard, because we got shown up in those competitions. We did. We got to the playoff spots. Happy days. Well done. And then we got bombed out to them. All of us did. Yeah. No, I'm not arguing um, with you. Yeah. Honestly, either way this would have gone. You know, if, if the Stormers had lifted again, happy days, good for South, South African rugby. Months to lift it, happy days, I think is just going to fuel us a bit more. So there we go. Do you want to talk about uh, a game that was just a bit of fun? <laughs> and uh, we're wearing the jerseys. Um, the yeah, if you, guys, if you guys weren't aware, Barbarians, coached by Eddie Jones, Versus World 15, coached by Steve Hansen, yeah. took place on the weekend. That's an absolute funny. celebration of rugby is all I have to describe it as. An absolute yeah. celebration of rugby. It was, a, it was a 15s match, which had the atmosphere of a sevens tournament. And the refereeing of, a, of grassroots, because ref didn't care and it was great. But the, honestly, and I was saying this, I, I did a live stream. I did a watch long during the uh, during the game. You joined. Uh, I was with you on that live stream. Yeah, no, no, you were in it. Don't worry, you joined in the second half. And uh, I was I was talking to a few people in the chat and whatnot. And I was saying, you know, multiple times because um, obviously the, the day before I'd, I'd watched two big competition finals and my brain was still in serious ref mode. And then watching this game, I was like, it's so refreshing. Obviously the ref in like, if, if that was a big, big fixture, he would have been oh. criticised. Oh, absolutely. He just let the game run. And it was so fun. It was, it was almost to watch. It was almost as if he went, is everyone having fun? Great. Carry on. <laughs> And to be fair, like I and I might get a bit of stick for this, and I know it probably won't happen, but obviously refing needs to be taken seriously. But I would like to see a bit more of that attitude brought into, you know, the competitions like the URC, the Premiership, um, everything like that. I'm not saying, ah, you know, fuck the rules, everything, don't, you know, just let the game run. But there's been so many decisions, cards given and penalties given and whatnot for things you're like, was that really necessary? Did we have to stop play like at the scrum resets? Do we have to stop play every single time? The scrums were an absolute mess in that game. They were all over the place. I've never seen a more unstable scrum, but it just they just let it run and it didn't, didn't impact play. No, that's, yeah. You know. I mean, we need to talk about one man because he will be at the World Cup. It's obvious he's going to be at the World Cup. And the fans were not into it at all, but Israel Falau. Izzy Falau. Listen, <laughs> hate him, still love him, what his views are religiously and whatnot. I enjoyed seeing him back on a rugby pitch. 
it's quite it was actually quite refreshing to see how good he actually still is. And he's still quality. He gets a try. He played a good game. And I was saying again in my stream, I personally, religiously, whatever, I respect his point of view. Your opinion, your opinion is your own, but mm-hmm. what he did. And using his social media platforms and whatnot and spreading that and almost using his status as one of the best players in the world to spread those messages to, you know, people outside his own belief and outside his own religion, not necessary. You shouldn't use your own platform to spread your own beliefs and your own propaganda on other people. Keep your opinions to yourself. So we do. Exactly. Nip it in the bud. Don't do this in the bud. But keep it to yourself. What your opinions on anything to do with homosexuality or whatever, if it's a religious belief, whatever. I don't agree with it. Murray doesn't agree with it. Not everyone's going to agree with you. Just keep it to yourself. The thing is, I want... there's no there's no place in in rugby, and I think rugby needs to be a place. Like again, going back to the protest that took part. It shouldn't be a place for politics. It shouldn't be a place for for religion. It should be a place where people from all different backgrounds can come together and and enjoy the, enjoy the same thing. You know, rugby unites so many people, many different backgrounds. If you came from, you know, an impoverished background or you came from a wealthy background, you can both go to the rugby and you can enjoy it. You can have a beer together. You know, it's not a place for for hate and propaganda and spreading agendas. But little rant over, it was nice to see Izzy Falau back on the pitch. I enjoyed it. And the proposition of him being at the World Cup with Tonga excites me. Actually, I've just realised we've seen both the potential, or two out of the three back, three for Tonga. Charles Pietau and Izzy Falau could be a back three. Should we talk about, I just give me right now, give me your top five players, both teams now, of From that both. game. Same around, Obviously. Bit biased, but it was actually you that pointed out to me, Adam Hastings. Very, very good. Um, Alan Wynne Jones, for so many reasons. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, Israel Flow. And. Hawkins, the young Australian secondary, he really impressed me. That was my first sighting of him. So, I obviously the big ones as well. There were some names that it's great to see them back, but they're my big five. What about, yeah. what about you? I would go for Radwan. Adam Radwan, yeah. Very good game. Hastings as well. I think both fly half. So, Hastings and Cooper. There's so many star names to just pick five is hard. Um, I would say Spoon Cossie, but for his second try, he decided to go aerial and absolutely bottled it. But it was a Barbars game, so it doesn't matter. He really broke his neck. Huh? That could have went so wrong. It so could have very badly. But again, he's another player that I, I, I'm happy to see back playing rugby. If it's a Barbars game or not, obviously Spoon Cossie, we had the whole issue with him going, essentially missing for two, three weeks later in the year. And then he came I also back. Like, I'm going to do it wrong, but that like, celebration he did. Like, yeah, the little... Uh, Wolf Martin yeah, and Prey, it seemed like that. That was cool. There we go, that's, that's a thing. Um, 
you know, and he's taken some time off to focus on himself, his mental is, you know, where he is mentally and whatnot. So he hasn't been playing for the Bulls, which I respect greatly. Um, and then, you know, just to see him back pitch and to see him enjoying it. And hopefully he's in a good place again. Um, can we go, wait, before we proper go into that again, can we go to the Barbas game next year? Who are they playing? I don't. I know they're playing Monster in September. There's a double header at Thumbin Park because I mean, if there's if there's tickets available and I can get time off of my day to day life, I'd love to go to a Barbas game because honestly, that atmosphere looks brilliant. A double header at Thumbin Park. Be class. Bar- Barbarians women versus Monster women. Barbarians versus. That's it. It's a double header, isn't it? Give us it. Monster URC and... champions. Imagine if they put a, they sprinkle a few Stormers players into that uh, Barbars team just for the added. Uh, just for that. Who, who would you like to see? Like, who would you like to see? Name five players who you would like to see in the next Barbar setup. Just in general. Just in general, anyone. <sighs> Dupont, because who doesn't? That, want that's to... unfair. That's not allowed. All right, so what do you mean what's not allowed then? I'm joking. You can have Dupont. I'd like to see Finn Russell back. That was fun when he was a barbarian. I think I think Dan Sheehan would be wild. That'd be disgusting. And you know what? In a Barbars game, just put him on the wing. Yeah. Why not? Stick him on the wing. Dan Sheehan would be unreal. I think. Dan Sheehan is an inside centre. Maybe. Maybe. Just because it's against Munster, so it gives it that bad oomph, and they'd always do it against the teams that they're hosting. RJ Snyman as a barbarian. I like that, because they did it last year. They had, like, Joe Marlon against Quinns. Um, I think who else. I like Rico Iwani. I want to see Rico. Iwani, yeah. Um, who would I like to see? I would quite like to see a Dion Ferry. Of course. In a yeah. Barbar's jersey. I think that would be quality. Uh, if I'm looking over to Super Rugby, maybe a Lolaseo or a, a James O'Connor. Oh, Proper robot of the year, James O'Connor. the year, James O'Connor. Uh, maybe old Marky Mark, Nawaketa Wasawasi. Oh, come on. I thought you were actually going to be able to say it there. Nah, old Marky Mark. <laughs> or a Mark Talea as well. Nawakina Tawase. Now, yeah, Marky Mark. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> That's quite as well. To see. Maybe the likes of oh a Baptiste Serran. Ooh, yeah, that, that's oh, fair. After after the game he played, potentially a Cheslin Colby in a Barbies jersey. Just because you've got me think you got me reminiscing from last week. Lovani Bottia and, and Antoine Hastoy. Disgusting. Magnifique. Bottia Hastoy, Baptiste Serran, Cheslin Colby. Semi Randra, Giovanni. 
put Semi Andrade back there. Rico <laughs> Semi Andrade and inside centre. Rico Yuani outside centre. Chuck it all. Who would we want in the forwards? I'd I'd probably want to see like a. Oh, I don't know. Um, maybe a Villa Melberts there. A Villa Melberts Tigburn combo. Maybe some of the younger boys from South Africa, like a Henko Van Veek. Grant Williams. Rory Darge. Rory Darge. Mm. Grant Williams in a Barbar's jersey. We're just naming, just naming everyone now. Yeah. But that's the that's the beauty of the Barbars, isn't it? And the World 15. I hope they bring the World 15 back again soon. So my mum asked me a question. What's the like what's the difference? Because bar- barbarians are technically anyone around the world. Well, the Barbars have the history, don't they? Yeah, they're, the famous, they're the most famous rugby club in the world. Apart from that part, what's the difference? It isn't. I think it's just it's just two teams made up of, and not even the best players in the world, just the most exciting players in the world. You know what, you know what it is? And this is how I'm going to describe every Barbarian game. As a piss-up, you meet... There's five days, you go drinking for three of them, you train once in Hyde Park, and then you have your game. As and there's not up, there's not too many fixtures where you can watch Alan Wynne-Jones absolutely shank two conversions. The second exactly the same way. Yeah, second one was better, but still... Uh, we haven't even mentioned the score, by the way, because it was an absolute tri-fest. 48-42. 100 points scored. See, that's why we need to go. Because at the end of the day, I know you've got a Barbarian top on, I have a World 15 top on, but who cares? Like, I'm sitting like, Way. I was watching that and I was like, I don't care who wins. It's just, try- honestly, it's in that in the second half slowed down a bit because I think that like, obviously people were getting tired. But that first half, genuinely, there wasn't three minutes between each try. Yeah. Not was, three minutes between each try being scored. It was, ah, oh, honestly. My favourite game, bar the La Rochelle-Leinster final this, this season. It's just fun. That's all. so fun. And it was just the game that everybody hoped for. 100 points in a Barbars game, 48-42. Watching yeah. players like a Charles Pietau, Semi Rundradra, Israel Falau, Quade Cooper, Spoon Corsiad, just going for it, just having fun. Even Alan... Even Alan Jones was doing a little out the back part. I was going to say, when did Alan Jones become Sonny Bell Williams? What? What's yeah. off words? But anyway, shall we say some super rugby? Next next year we're going to a Barbados game. That's what we're saying. Anyway, yeah, super, super rugby. Cause that's well, spoilers for next week. It's going to be the main focus of the show yes, going yes, forward because we don't have much to talk about. We're all finished up in the north, but I'll. That's still Southern. <laughs> um, top fourteen. Uh, I mean, we got top fourteen playoffs coming up. We should cover them. Okay. Well, it's going to be different next week. But starting on the oh no Friday, sorry Friday night. Lions getting a big win over the Reds, thirty-five thirty, and Aaron Smith's last home game as a Highlander. Love that. The Rebels putting Western Force to the absolute sword, 52 points to 14. Cam's game of the weekend, Fijian Drua versus Moana Pacifica, 47-46. We'll get back into that in a minute. 
Crusaders, the Crusaders things in March. Pass Waratahs 42-18. The Blues, again, a fairly convincing win over New Zealand rivals Hurricanes, 36-25. And the Chiefs are back in the winning circle, beating the Brumbies, 31 points to 21. Well, Cam. Before we before we move on, because we're getting very close to the playoffs now, I just want to go over to the go to the top eight because there's still room for it to change. Okay. We've got Chiefs pretty secure in the top spot at 54 points. Crusaders behind them on 47. And third, we have the Blues, 42. Now, then we go to an Aussie team, the Brumbies, um, on 41 points, but hot on their tails of the Hurricanes on 37 are in fifth. Uh, then we have the Tars on 31 points in sixth. The Reds on 24 in seventh. And the Highlanders breathing down their neck. 23 in 8th but then if we're looking at teams that could still do it um, the Rebels Drua and Force could still make it into that top 8. Moana Pacifica unfortunately are completely out the running they've only got 4 points to show for it but yeah can we talk about that Drua versus Moana Pacifica game please? Yes I'll I'll let you carry the most of it because I did enjoy it I loved it but I you said it was your game of the weekend so It was it was my super rugby game of the weekend my game of the weekend has to be the Barbas versus World 15 yeah. game but definitely super rugby that's why I've got both jerseys up there because a one point game I predicted this game completely wrong. well to be fair I said either way it's it's either going to be a tight four battle and I think you end up saying it's going to be a tight game and I ended up convincing myself that Drew were going to run away with it but thank God I was wrong because what a game. Drew were steam out to, well, actually, Moana Pacifica get the first try. Um, well, good, goes over five minutes, but then Drew were just start running away with it. Massey scores. Um, Droes, I can't even pronounce that name. Droes <laughs> um, Yeah, they go three tries over. Um, so they got 21 points, 21 points to seven. Um, but then Moana Pacifica come back, and then Fiji and Drua come back with Sal going over, and then Moana Pacifica come back very similar to that Barbas game. And then second half, tit for tat, Drua score one, Moana Pacifica score one, Drua score a couple, and then Moana, Moana Pacifica uh, close out the game with a flurry of three tries, but can't quite. Um, <sighs> Can't quite edge it. A kick to win it. Christian Lilithano. Like, I would, I'm almost certain if you've seen him having a kick, you go, easy. He's nailing that. But the kick to win it, unfortunately, didn't go over. But I think both teams can hold their head high. Moana Pacifica, a rough season for them. But after a performance like that, they can be happy. It's one of those games where even. Even in the losing effort, obviously heartbroken. It was a one-point game, and you could have won it with that kick. But yeah, and also in Fiji as well, just the yeah. atmosphere. Wow, a brilliant game! Really, really entertaining game of rugby. And this is what I want to see more from Super Rugby. I don't want to see these big New Zealand franchises absolutely trousing everybody. I want to see more games like this, Murray. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I agree with you. I prefer. I don't mind the occasional blowout. The occasional demolishing. But, but you want a nice and you want to be like on the edge this, of your to watch games like this for the best. The only the only better thing than a game like this is a Larachelle comeback game. 
you're just rubbing salt in those wounds. They're not over it. Try <laughs> next year, boys. They're gonna now, aren't they? It's fuel to the fire. They have to. But um can we just talk not even about the game, but just one player from the boys, Mark Talia. Mark Talia. Wow. He's been out. On. Hmm? He's been out for a while, hasn't he? No, no. Did he not have an HIA or something that ruled him out for a couple of games? Or am I thinking I the wrong one? He might have, but it's just ah, oh, he's just a freak of nature. He's he's yeah. unreal this season. He's, he's got some um He's so got some eight all black caps to come. Four tries. He's, he, take, he takes the piss. You know, and if you're if you're looking at a player to come into that all black setup, you know. I mean, he got he got his, he's got his debut. He got two against us and against Scotland in the autumn. Man's a freak, honestly. He's, he's an player, and you know, you put him into a lineup with a Rico Iwani, a Severis. Uh, you know, a Will Jordan, a Caleb Clark. Uh, well, Severis is out all season. Oh, see, yeah, he is, isn't he? So, so there we go. Talia. Ah, yeah. here's one. Here's the question for you is because, right, Mark Talia's got that 14 jersey or 11, whatever, either way, whatever you want. Does the other one go to Leicester Fainatanuku of Crusaders or the man that was on fire at the start? He's kind of he scored at the weekend, but he's kind of cooled down a little bit. Sean Stevenson of the Chiefs. No, Sean Stevenson goes to fullback and Enrico Ioani goes back on the wing. Hmm. I, you keep Enrico saying Ioani that. back on the wing. You keep saying this. Imagine Talea and Ioani as your two wingers. Disgusting. Stevenson at fullback. Have the have a have a Geordie Barrett and a but what about Will Jordan? Replacement, replacement fullback. So anyway, you're telling me that Stevenson's had an amazing season. You at the end of the day, you have to pick on-form players, and Stevenson is the on-form player, whether it be in a fourteen, in an eleven jersey, or a fourteen jersey, or a fifteen jersey. So who's your who's your has been the on-form player for that fourteen jersey? Riku Wani, put him back in 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 the eleven shirt. See, wait a minute. So this is my back line, right? I'm not, I'm not really moving position. I'm not cheating. Aaron Smith, obviously at nine. Hands down, Aaron Smith at nine. Bowden, Richie Mawanga. I don't really matter right now. They're both very good. T- Damien McKenzie, also viable option. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. McKenzie also gets a nod for it, you know? Any of them. McKen- but the thing is, McKen- McKenzie can fill that utility back role. You can. can you can you can see what I would have is I would everyone's saying oh drop Bowden Barrett and bring McKenzie in no I'd have Rico Iani uh, not Rico Iani I'd have um, Richie Mwanga start Bowden Barrett Bowden Barrett on the bench and then I'd have uh, McKenzie as a utility back. Wait, it's a twenty-three jersey. Yeah, so he can cover fullback, fly half. You could probably stick him on the wing and he'd do something. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah, and so I think smart. that's becoming a popular thing in internet in the international setup now. A lot of teams have it um, that that utility option. Mm. You know, you can't. Uh, a coach's dream would be able to have some uh, a player to come on for each of those starting fifteen spots. 
But if you can have one player potentially cover two, three of those spots, happy days, coach's dream. It's a valid point. So Smith, say Barrett, Havili, Yuani at 13. I know you're not, I, don't, I know you don't like it, but Yuani at 13. I would have Mark Toya on one wing, I'd have Sean Stevenson or Will Jordan on the other, and then Damien McKenzie at fullback. Okay, this is what I would go for. An Aaron Smith. Okay. I'd have a Richie Moanga. I'd have a Jordy have... Barrett. Okay. I'd have Havili outside centre. I would have Talea and Iwani. And then I'd have Stevenson in the back. See, I like that as well. Ian you Parson, you have like, the easiest job. You have the easiest job in world rugby and you can't do it. I don't know how. Make me All Blacks coach. Can I come with you? Make, no, just make me the team selector. <laughs> Easy. Easy. Well, it would work. Like, that's a team that would go to the World Cup and other teams would look at them and be like, shit. Yeah. No, like that, that, that is a team that, give them a couple of years, would bring the All Blacks back to glory. Well, we have one more regular round of Super Rugby. So, we need to predict it. Yes. Blues versus Highlanders. Uh, the Blues are at home. We're playing in playing in old uh, old Eden Park. So it's going to be the Blues. Blues by twelve. Yeah, Blues by sixteen. Brumbies are hosting the Rebels. Brumbies have slipped up recently. They slipped up away to the Force. They slipped up away to the Highlanders. And the Rebels have been on good form. But you're back on Brumbies, aren't you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Brumbies by like... Brumbies by five. I'll go Brumbies by eight. Okay. Then we're back in Fiji because the Drua host the Reds. Oh, because Reds have slipped up on a lot of games this season. They had the big win over the Chiefs. Happy days, whoopie do, whatever. You've not backed it up. Um, Drua by four. Drua by one because they'll love and die by that stuff. They do. They've had a few results go that way, haven't they? Hurricanes are hosting the Crusaders. Uh, it's not going to happen, is it? What's not going to happen? Kane's winning. Probably not. I'm going to say Crusaders by 17. And that sounds really harsh. Crusaders by... I'll take 10 off yours. Crusaders by 7. Fair. I think end of the season, I think the Canes are guaranteed a playoff spot. Should try get a bit higher in that table. Fair enough. Waratahs. Wait, they're they're fifth, aren't they? Who? Hurricanes, yeah. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, they're fifth. Yeah. So they would be, if they're not far off fourth, they would be contending for a home playoff. I believe so. Yeah, so if if this is the game to do it, 
Tars versus Moana. Marky Mark's going to have a field day. He is. Yeah. Well, I think Moana will give it a good go. Again, end of the season, and they've got nothing else to play for. So you might as well throw everything out there. You may as well get your first win this season, yeah. But uh, Tars by... You know what? No, it's the end of the season. Pacifica by two. It's probably not going to happen, but it's the end of the season. Why not? And I'm going to be the Panamine villain because I'm going to say Taz by nine. You boring bastard. How? <laughs> How is that boring? Force versus Chiefs, you bitch. I'd like the Force to do it, but they're not going to. Byron's at home. I know Byron would be disappointed in me, but he's already disappointed in me. I bet he was chuckling when Munster won. He was just sitting there rubbing his hands together. I'm surprised I didn't get a message. (laughs) Yeah. He's probably thinking that 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 Cameron prick. (laughs) No, um, I'd I'd really like the Force to do it. And the Force have been on fire at home, but uh, they got hammered um, by Crusaders and the Chiefs top of the table. They're not going to lose again, are they? Chiefs by 12. Chiefs by 15. So Byron's going to hate you more than me. Byron loves me to death, though, so it's all good. Yeah, but no. And I've bought an Arconaut jersey, so I'm in the good graces. Yeah, I bought another Arconaut jersey. Meh, 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 meh. <laughs> all right, you're supposed to be an Edinburgh fan, Murray. I have many Edinburgh tops, don't worry. There's nothing to celebrate right now being an Edinburgh fan. Yeah, that's true. You, you've got nothing. Anyway. The only saving grace for you is Pierre Schoeman. Duhan van der Merva, Darcy Graham, King Boff. Yeah, but Scooey. Yeah, fair. Rugby news. Any rugby, rugby news? Any new rugby news? Yes. We talked about it a little bit last week. I think oh, last no. week. Um, unfortunately, sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but it's official. Uh, London Irish uh, players and uh, staff and fans have been given the pre- preliminary warning that the club um, will not be competing next season in the Premiership. This is a joke there. Just remember, they wanted 14 teams to begin with. We're now down to nine. Yeah, well, actually, let's talk about this quickly because the Premiership's over now, so I think we could talk about it. It has been the most heartbreaking season in the Premiership. We've lost two teams, now three teams we've lost. Three. We've lost Worcester, we've lost Wasps, and we've lost uh, London Irish. All teams with unbelievable history. Quality players. I, the Wasps I, I have been remember. relegated. I don't know if we have... The Wasps have been relegated all the way down to the bottom of the bottom tier of oh, English. Yeah, we're not seeing Wasps again. For a while. Or not in our lifetime, I don't think. Maybe. But any young rugby players who want to say that they, they play for the Wasps, go Back sign on. for them. Go for it. They'll take you on. Fuck it, we'll sign for Wasps. I'll sign for that. I'll be a wasp player. I've got a wasp jersey. I'll just wear that. Yeah. Probably can't. I have, a, Bless them. I have a London wasps jersey. That's how old that one is. Bloody hell. 
when they were, you know, um, not in financial state. And but, you know what? I think I think Irish is even more heartbreaking because it's the end of the season and they've had a good season. It just annoys me. I don't get how they've went. Do not spend all your money because it's not fair. So let's balance it all out so everyone's on the same playing field and three teams are dying because of it. It's ridiculous because... Let it's them clearly... spend. Let them spend their money. See if I was a wealthy billionaire. But there's there's a reason. There's, there is a reason so many players are leaving the Premiership. How have they not seen this? A massive exodus from Exeter Chiefs. You are hurting me tonight. But it's true, isn't it? I know, I know. Do you know what I mean? Like, are the signs not are the signs not clear enough? Players no. don't want to be in this competition because their careers aren't safe. We've seen three clubs go under. Some of some of the players have been lucky. We've seen a Duan van der Merwe, whatnot. A lot of WASP players have gone to the URC. Coaches have gone to the URC. Duan van der Merwe managed to go back to Edinburgh. You know, those are the lucky ones. A lot of players don't have secure secure careers, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, happy days if you've got a good agent and and you're maybe an international caliber player or whatnot. Yes, you're going to be signed by another club, but if you're like a new lad who hasn't had any international caps and maybe only capped for the team a handful of times, twenty times or so. Are other big teams in other big competitions want to go take you on? No. No, because I don't know what they, you can do. Exactly. And it baff- just get rid of the salary cap. Does it not just sound insane that playing fair has ruined it? How is it's almost like- as if it's almost as if the rest of the, the rest of the world and it's been the rest of the world has really adopted rugby being a professional sport and it's almost like the premiership still wants to be that amateur, amateur competition sucks you did those show up on a saturday play some rugby and and it's 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 so sad because the premiership is arguably the the most historic competition in terms of its history and how far it goes back and and the, the teams some of the oldest teams in rugby no, what's worse? I actually said, I think it was when we started the podcast, I said the Prem was better than the Pro 14. At, well, at the time, it wasn't the URC. It was the Pro 14. And I thought Premiership was leaps and bounds ahead of it. It was more competitive. The stars that they had in that, in that league was unreal. I mean, uh, just... If it means Saracens has to win the next five titles on the bounce... I don't care. I want to see 12 teams. But the thing is, like, and I'm going to go back to the top 14 as example. They are up there with Japan as the biggest spenders in rugby, probably Japan. But we we see different teams win the top 14. Yeah. You know, it's not a case of there's definitely richer teams, Toulon, Toulouse. You know, La Rochelle now, Montpellier, they're signing all the big players. But then you've got teams like Brieve and Clermont. Uh, well, Clermont's big, big club, what am I on about? But, you know, Brieve and Perpignan and Bayonne and whatnot, they're competing. They're well, there. Well, Brieve's a bad example, but... Yeah, Brieve's a bad example, but, you know, Poe. Wait. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
let the clubs spend them. Let the revenue come in. Let the revenue come into the competition. Bring the money back to English rugby. You know, and, and it, arguably you could say that potentially this dip in the premiership, this uncertainty in the RFU is bringing down the, the standard of the national team. Yeah, I agree with that. Because, you know... Do you know got... that they were actually debating about keeping the premiership sides out the Champions Cup till they sort their mess out? I, exactly. Do not say it all? Is that not all? Does that not ring enough bells? That's what I'm on about. I don't, I don't know how many more signs they need, the RFU need... To, to wake up and think, oh, actually, shit, hang on. English rugby is going down the drain. The only good thing about English rugby right now is the Bloody World Championship. Yeah. Well, Harv's going to love you for that one. But it's true, isn't it? But again, back to like that. But then again the ch- with the championship, they're unwilling to promote teams because you haven't got a big enough stadium. You I would rather. I would rather money. Be- well, clearly the teams you've got now don't have enough money because you 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 put them in a system that absolutely chokes them. I'm not a businessman on any front, but if you're give, if you're only allowed two and a half million pounds to spend, top to bottom, players, coaches, physios, catering, groundsmen, security, everyone that is associated to the club, that's not enough money. No. No, especially if you want to be be bringing in. And I suppose from an aspect, you could say, oh, arguably it, it encourages more sort of grassroots players to work their way up and it keeps a lot of the, the talent in England and whatnot. No. No. I'm not being funny. See, when Premiership was at the height of its powers, yes, they were bringing, like, massive imports in. What massive English player in their height of their power left? None. You know, you John, only saw you only saw players leaving at the tail end of the career to go you to. You might like argue Johnny Wilkinson, but Johnny Wilkinson still got to go to a World Cup because they went, ah, it's Johnny Wilkinson. Yeah. But still, like the ones that left, well, for me growing up, the ones that left were Stefan and Dylan Armitage at the time when they left. Who's that? Yeah. Obviously became European Player of the Years, European champions with Toulon, blah blah blah. Nick Abendanen, again, yeah, he was good for Bath, but he was never going to be a massive star. Goes across to Clermont, absolutely phenomenal. But that's when you start thinking. But when you let them go, okay, cool. But everyone that wanted to be in the national setup stayed in England. The Premiership was competitive. It was great to watch. Sort it out. Please sort it out. Next, you're going to tell me Bath's down the swan. Yes, Bath are now bankrupt because they spent all their money on Finn Russell. Oh, but they didn't because... Ah, that's another thing. I hate the idea of marquee signings as well. What's a ridiculous idea? You can spend a lot of money on one player. It sounds shady, doesn't it? Like, here's two and a half million to spend on your whole club. But not your big player. Yeah, ridiculous. What a stupid way to set it up. Where's there any incentive for other players to to stay in the competition? Why wouldn't you right now? If you're if you're a, a Premiership player, why wouldn't you want to go to France or the URC or Japan? I don't have the answer. 
you know, if you're if you're a young player who's just signed for Bristol, you know, oh. mm-hmm. and there's not much chance of you making the international setup for a good while. Mm-hmm. With the way the premiership's going, you know, you would you would want to hedge your bets and go into even the even the pro pro division two in France. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't get it. I really don't. Because Super Rugby is different. Super Rugby, you're like centrally con. Actually, there's another thing that should come into fruition. Central contracts. Ridiculous. That's why, that's why so many players are now coming back to Edinburgh, signing for Glasgow. Staying. How many Irish players leave? Yep. Exactly. Zero. New Zealand players don't leave. Australian players don't really leave for the no. most part, for hindsight. But South Africans are now getting players back in because they exactly. have money. But you've got the money now. We've got the URC where the players are getting paid. We're bringing back players like Eben Esabet. We're bringing back players like Vincent Koch. Not being funny. If I was a contracted player, fortunately, if my employers were Scottish rugby and they went, Ray Murray, we want you to stay. But you have to play for Glasgow. Okay. If it means I've got stability and I've got I know... stability, I've got money, and there's a chance for me to further my career. Happy days. Yeah. It's it's absolutely ludicrous that England of all places doesn't have that. No. Even Wales kind of buggered it, but they had it. They had it, they buggered it now. Ah. Uh... Sour not to end that on, but there we go. Um, game of the week. Um, actually, before we go on to the game of the week, I'm gonna do it. I'm taking over because we don't have much to talk about uh, in the coming <laughs> weeks. I'm gonna start my Cameron's quick review of the Curry Cup. Oh, okay. It's Cam's Right. So at the moment, guys, uh, big news mainly because the Sharks are on top. The Curry Cup table is very interesting. The Sharks, my Sharks, um, the saving grace of the Sharks season, are on top of the table with 43 points. We're on an absolute brilliant run. The Cheetahs just behind on 41. The Pumas on 36. Western Province on 31. And then in fifth spot, we got the Lions. Sixth, we got the Bulls. Seventh, we've got the Griquas. And then eighth, we've got the Griffins. And the big games this week, Sharks beating the Griffins 35-9. Absolutely brilliant win. That put us top of the table. We were... Uh, sort of joint first, just uh, pipped by points difference by the Cheetahs last week. Uh, Lions absolutely demolishing Western Force 32-12. That's a familiar scoreline. Um, sorry, I had to. And then on the Saturday, a draw 29-29, Griquas versus Cheetahs. And then the Bulls beating the the reigning champions, the Pumas, 24-17. The Curry Cup is heating up and we're getting closer to the playoff spot. And I can't wait to see the Sharks lift the trophy. Anyway, that's all that I have to say. Uh, Murray, game of the week. I still haven't thought of one. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I, I, I switched the computer off. I forgot we did. Brilliant. I'm sorry. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to shout out to New Zealand Sevens, both men and women. Tearing it up. World Sevens champions. 
on both fronts and they weren't they weren't getting stopped this season. So yeah, shout out to all Blacks, Black Ferns, happy days. Uh, I'm going to go to Major League Rugby. I haven't dabbled in the uh, old Major League. Don't pull that face, Murray. It's good. It's, it's not fun. good. It's fun. Um, my kind of, kind of um, Major League Rugby team, Houston Sabercats, purely because of like a Heineken Meyer influence, just little, any connection. And I like their kit and Sabercats. That's a pretty cool name. Um, Chicago Hounds, which have been kind of the whipping boy of this season, actually put up a hell of a fight against the Sabercats, uh, only losing by seven points, 40 points, 33. Um, quite tight game. And I think the Sabercats are now outside of the top three in the Western province, uh, Western uh, conference. Sorry, still got Curry Cup on my mind. Um, but they are drawn on points with the Utah Warriors, but being pipped by points difference. Um. Yeah, I haven't really been paying too much attention to uh, MLR, but uh, can't I've tell been... me it's good. you can't tell me it's good then when you don't watch it. No, but the games I've the games I've seen have been fun. Mm. Mm. Although you need to sort out the pitch markings because I can't be you 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 need to get some proper fucking pitches because all I'm seeing is still the American football. Markings oh, are confusing. Yeah. I wouldn't know where the try line is because there's 75 lines between the 22 and the try line. See yellow one. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's all from me. That's my random game of the week. My little curry cup coverage. I don't have random game of the week. I generally switch the computer side. That's why I give the shout out to the. I'll do another one then. Uh, my other random game of the week is going to be definitely not stalling to find a game that happened. I'm going to go to the Prodeur. Oh, there was a promotion. There we go. I know. Who oh, go it. on. Go on. Okay, go on, go on, go on. So, I, well, but I think it's like, oh, oh no. That's it. Yeah, they beat oh, a Y-N-A-U-X. They beat yeah. Grenoble. That was the one I was going to go for. There you go. They beat Gren- Grenoble uh, back in the top 14. And the, the head coach that just won back, uh, promotion to the top 14 is the Newcastle coach next year for the Prem. So there we go. Poor guy going to the Prem. Unlucky. He didn't know. <laughs> he signed up at the start of the season. He didn't know what was right. coming. He's like, yeah, yeah, cool. I just need to finish the job in France first. And like, yeah, that's fine. Not a problem. And now Newcastle is one of those teams rumoured to be uh, in trouble. Or the North. The North. That's a shit name. Da, 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 da. Six ways rugby. That's shit. The North. Bring back Worcester Warriors. Just bring back money. Yeah, give, give, give them money. Pay them, pay them. To pay them. We hey, are you. Direct message to you from the RCP. Pay them. End podcast. Sorry, your shout out. Yeah. <laughs> but um, final thing we have another interview. Shock horror. Beth Blacklock. Quinn's. Yes. And she got her debut for Scotland in the previous TikTok Six Nations. Great chat. Love it. She's so fun. She's so friendly. 
she actually gave the most effort for an introduction. She even sent me the outtake, so she proper... Proper went for it. Proper went for it. She has a, a master's degree in data engineering. And she's a rugby player. point, aren't you? Yeah, master's degree in data engineering. And then on the side, I just, you know, play internationally for Scotland. But, uh, you and know... She works, like, the company she works for is very high-end as well. Jaguar Land Rover. Must be nice for some people, eh? Yeah, it must be. She's oh, not well, only talented. She's not only talented in the IQ. She's also an absolute unit on the pitch. Yeah, best of both worlds, like Hannah Montana. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, every week we well, I try and get an interview out every. There's a big fish coming, sort of. Need to wrap up dates and times. A lot of players say yes, yeah, sounds good. It's just trying to get them calmed down unofficial dates so there is stuff coming we might have a coach coming soon as well so that's fun it's gonna be fun uh, it will be fun we're on youtube we're on spotify we are on tiktok we clip some stuff and tiktok lives coming soon uh, we we're planning to do some live watch alongs and just some some uh live chats and whatnot some q a's maybe um i quite like the idea of the watch alongs i did one this weekend and murray joined and it was quite uh quite fun but if you're interested in that guys keep an eye on our tiktok because we do plan to be uh pushing onto the live scene a bit more getting a bit of interaction with you guys and hopefully being able to um sort of sit in the moment you know big games watching those with you guys along with us and watch me jump around like a muppet and you actually see what i'm like at a game so there you go why would you be jumping around when scotland are gonna lose Anywho, cheers guys for watching. This has been the Rugby Connection podcast. Um, As always, stay safe and tune in for next week.